Kathy Array, and we're here at Roberta's Pizza, um, which is where Heritage Radio Network is based. Um, today's show is brought to you by Whole Foods Market, and um, it's a beautiful day in Brooklyn. Um, they say March comes in like a lion, or the weather in March comes in like a lion and leaves like a lamb. Right, that was just something that Ula told me just five minutes ago. Um, I, I thought it was nice and, you know, kind of a folksy saying, um, but uh, she is one of our guests, uh, Ula Carval. Thanks so much for being here. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So Ula writes the blog Gold- Goldilocks Finds Manhattan. Yep. And she's also um, a tremendous cook, home cook, and food writer. And uh, she was one of the food bloggers that I asked to take the challenge of the week of eating in two weeks ago. Um, this was a, just a huge campaign that uh, Huffington Post launched in the same time as uh, my book launch, The Art of Eating In. And it was just kind of a a way to explore, um, provide tips, and see what happens when a lot of people try to not eat out in restaurants or take out or street stand food for a week straight. So basically cook everything they can possibly cook for themselves while running about their daily duties. We also have another blogger who um, took that pledge as well. Her name is Addie Broyles, and she's on the phone today from Austin, Texas. Addie, you here? Hey, how's it going, guys? Hank, <laughs> thanks. So how warm is it down there in Texas right now? Actually, uh, you know, we <laughs> you caught us on a cold, rainy day, and so you get the sun is shining up there. But, you know, it's supposed to be uh, 70 degrees in the next few days, getting, up, getting ready for South by Southwest, so we couldn't be happier. Oh, good. I can't wait because I'm heading down there in a couple days. Cool. We can't wait to see you. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. There's so much food stuff going on in South by Southwest these days. I know, it's crazy. I'm Actually, that's what I'm working on today is just getting all the information together for the food parties. There's barbecues and bacon throwdowns and cupcake socials. And, you know, it's really becoming a, a food-centric event, just as it is with technology and film and music. So, And that's amazing. It seemed to happen in the last year or so. I mean, it, did you do this single-handedly? Because I know you organized the last year's Food last Blogger year Meetup. Had, yeah, yeah, we do um, a Food Blogger Party. This will be the second year for it. But I would say maybe within the past two years have, have I mean, it's the online community, the food community has just realized that there are so many people here who are involved with food anyway and that Austin is such a great food town that you might as well, you know, take it beyond, you know, the barbecue that everybody always knows about and just use it as an chance to, um, to eat. Because right. it brings everybody together. So, and with something like South by Southwest, um, you know, food is just blowing up in media, all sorts of media. Uh, you know, Salon dot com, all sorts of news journals now have a food section. Yeah, um, and I, I mean, just like with the Huffington Post being so interested in in food and this whole eating in thing. I mean, I do see it being really correlated. We're all more interested in, in cooking. We're all more interested in. In restaurants and chefs, and um, mm-hmm. it's just this national phenomenon. And um, you know, so why not bring it to South by? Yeah, I think it's a lot. It surprised a lot of p- folks to see um, the editors at Huffington Post to see so many hits and so many comments on these stories that were like, you know, delicious winter recipes. I think that one got that was on like the top five most read for wow. a little while. That's great. And well, you well you really hit the nail on the head. You know, I mean, you started this project in 2006, but that was really, I think, when the it wave was lame. Started. No, <laughs> 
Did you feel, I mean, did you feel ostracized? I mean, that was um, one of my questions. I like to, you know, I wanted to be contrarian and just kind of play devil's advocate. Yeah. Um, and I thought that that would be maybe provocative. Yeah. But um, I didn't think that it would become like a, a trend. Mm-hmm. And I'm more happy. I couldn't be happier to, to see it. Yeah. Um, we also have one other Colin guest who is another food blogger who took the challenge. His name is Mark Matsumoto. Matsu- whoops. Matsumoto. Hi, guys. <laughs> What's up? So three of the four are online right now. The other two, James Boo from The Eaton Path and Casey Fleischer from Eating SF, um, may or may not be joining us in that. I'm not sure. <laughs> we'll see. So I want to start with, um, uh, I don't know, maybe Ula. What did you think was hardest about eating in for a week? Um, I guess when I was traveling, that was hard. You know, sometimes it's easy to catch um, lunch on the fly and you always have to plan ahead. I guess that was the biggest thing. But so, I kind of liked having that excuse that I had to pack something. And that was a, that, I think that's great to like a, have that. An excuse, like, yeah. yeah so because everyone wants to eat out and stuff and then mm-hmm. you can kind of say, no, I'm eating in for a week. And yeah, it's kind of it's a like, nice this excuse. is Lent. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. This is my commitment. Yeah. yeah and I then, can see that. And then my cousin was, um, visiting and we usually go out to like a fun restaurant all together and I cook dinner and it actually was much more enjoyable because we could sit for four hours and talk and really enjoy you know I, I do do a lot of cooking but it's kind of nice to have make sure that you stay at home and yeah cook. cool so did you travel like extensively like far or just day-to-day commutes? just day-to-day yeah, yeah when you know you're packing lunch and stuff like you have that. a busy day of being here and there yeah exactly yeah that's definitely tough and i forgot to introduce uh mark's website which is no recipes.com it's just just knock out gorgeous uh photography and cool recipes um uh, mark what do you find hardest about eating in for a week um wow well so i always have thought of myself as as somebody who eats in a lot you know i, I enjoy More cooking than not. yeah yeah it's, it's a way to to unwind for me so, you know, when I was presented with the challenge, I thought, hey, this is going to be a piece of cake. Um, but as it turns out, it was a lot harder than I thought. You know, like living in New York, I, you get invites to go out with friends or, or whatever. And I was turning people down left and right. And they're oh. like, you know, what's with you? <laughs> like, don't you want to <laughs> hang out with us? And I mean, that was only for a week. So I can, I can only imagine how hard that must have been doing in a year, for a year. Um, and, then, and then, you know, just the everyday, I have a day job aside from the food blog. Um, and so work's just been picking up. And, and you know, I, there were a couple nights where I was seriously tempted to just pick up the phone and call and, you know, just uh, um, <laughs> cheat. But, uh, but I didn't. And, wow. uh, and it was a great experience. You know, it was a real opener and made me realize that you know I do actually uh, typically eat out like three four nights a week um, and even though I, I do a lot of cooking at home too so um, so it was, it was a lot of fun sometimes I find that the the strangest or most interesting meals are made in that you know exhausting you know 12 o'clock at midnight state <laughs> you yeah. just want to throw in the towel but uh yeah. thanks so much for persevering that's cool yeah I, well, I mean i mean it, 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 it's funny that you bring that that up because that was like a lot of my meals that i had that week were not typical meals that i'd have in a normal week and it oh, was yeah. because that's all i had in the fridge you know like i had 
a lamb roast that um, Lava Lake uh, lamb sent me. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm like, it's a roast. I can't do that in the middle of a week. But, but you, you know, like, that was the only meat I had in the fridge. And I'm like, I have to cook it. So um, so I actually ended up coming up with a, a way to, to take a top round of roast and cook it in 40 minutes. Um, oh so, you know, it, was, it ended up becoming kind of a quick uh, weeknight meal that I wouldn't have done otherwise i would have never thought that recipe was inspired by you know eating in too it's such an instructive thing you know how to cook a roast really quick like a blend. <laughs> did you use a broiler i can't remember um well I, I, what play? i did was I, I took the i mean the top round is not a huge chunk of meat to yeah. begin with but i basically seared it in a cast iron uh skillet first on both sides which okay. you know got it most of the way there and then i threw it in the oven for about um 35 40 minutes and that that finished it off so nice. it was great you know it was nice and um had this great crust on the outside and it was perfectly cooked on the inside and i bet you had enough for leftovers too oh yeah well that, that's the other thing that i like to do when cooking at home is taking uh you know cooking something big on the weekend and then just reusing the leftovers and i think a lot of people think leftovers are kind of boring but for me, it's very exciting because you can turn it into a million different things. Like I made a noodle soup with the uh, with some garlic scapes and the leftover lamb. I made some like lamb fried rice, which I actually didn't post on the on, on, include in there. Um, but there, there's like a lot of other you know things that you can make with a roast, like a pasta or whatever. And it's a, it's a great thing to make on a weekend and, and eat through the rest of the week. Wow! So thanks so much. It sounds like you invented a lot of things because of leftovers too, which is always yeah. fun. That's like how I, that's how I like to cook. Nice. All right. So we also have another um, guest who just joined us, James Boo from the Eaton Path. Made it. Yay. E- ate his path to Roberta's <laughs> just now. I don't know. <laughs> My teeth so. hurt. <laughs> Concrete that's that's a weird one. <laughs> <laughs> Broken glass, shattered. Yeah, cars. Um, so, uh, what did you find most difficult about eating in for a week? Um. I don't think that the cooking part and the eating part was actually the biggest challenge, but mm-hmm. anytime anything unexpected happened, all the plans you made uh, just kind of fell apart, basically. Okay. Um, so I was sick almost the entire week um, with a sinus infection. Oh, um, no. And then there are just other, other work-related things. I think Mark mentioned this on his blog, too. Like something comes up for work, and you have to be gone for about six hours, and the extra hour you know, that you, you plan to set aside to prepare dinner or do this or shop for that, uh, pretty much goes out the window. Um, so I think that the thing he said about cooking in batches and having something to fall back on was essentially what saved me mm-hmm. because I made a giant pot of beans um, and my roommate made a big thing of hummus. Um, two things that are, that are way Healthy, easier yeah. Yeah, to eat, to, to make than I think most people realize. Um, so we did that on Sunday and nice. I ended up, Coming back to that at least three times. Oh, I'm glad uh, you didn't <laughs> you didn't get yourself any sicker because of my crazy experiment. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, Addie, how about you? Well, the most yeah. di- I would say the most difficult thing. I mean, it's finding the energy to. I don't know. It's it's hard. I've got a three year old that, uh, which always sort of influences what we cook. Not only because he's sort of picky, but he's also at that age where he really wants to participate in whatever we're doing, and I feel like I just lead this typical you know working mom's life where we get home at 5 30 and it's like we're all hungry and what's the quickest thing that we can get on the table and and i'm i'm like one of the other um bloggers who you know i feel like we cook in we or we cook a lot um but you forget how much you rely on prepared food in different capacities for instance a frozen pizza or a frozen lasagna or you know some other kind of um 
you know, it's a shortcut or, you know, just warming things up and, and heating and assembling rather than actually cooking. And so that was a big wake-up call for me during the week was just, um, you know, recommitting myself to, to making that a priority. And, you know, just recently I was, um, or just this past weekend, I was visiting some in-laws in Fort Worth and my seven-year-old niece, we were talking and she said that she had never cooked anything. She'd never helped her mom and her mom cooks all the time. And so we started talking and, you know, she'd never baked a cake or cracked an egg and it just made me realize that even though you know cleaning up after my son when he cracks eggs and gets you know shells and you know egg yolk all over the counter may seem like a hassle or may seem like you know an extra step it is so valuable and it's so important and you know when I started thinking about this over the long term the stuff in your book about passing on um, you know just passing on the joy of cooking and and just the knowledge of cooking that really struck how to crack an me. egg yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's always good to know <laughs> I mean, basic, don't basic, throw it basic. against the wall make sure to have a hammer on hand <laughs> <laughs> well and why because you know you're so right that we are one generation away from losing that and that our parents and our grandparents you know took that for granted and you know I, I ended up writing a story about this for the, the statesman and I had some readers chime in and say what's the big deal we've been cooking for years and years and I had to remind them that, sure, you're used to cooking, but your kids are not used to cooking. And, and, you know, restaurants and fast food places and and grocery stores make it so easy just to pick up something that's already ready that it does take a concerted effort to to cook. And so I was just really glad that your book brought that to the attention of of your readers and my readers and and my family. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, we saw a lot of comments like that at the Huffington Post, too. It was like, what's the big deal? Um, and you know, but do you guys feel like home cooking, maybe it's not going to vanish, but it's in decline because there's so many things that are, you know, shortcuts, shake and bake or whatever processed and also just take out. uh. Well, it's all, it's also like a budget thing. I think, um, you know, I mean, if you can go and get like a family meal at McDonald's for a couple bucks and, you know, you can feed like a family of four. Um, versus, you know, you go to the grocery store and you want to buy a, a bulb of fennel and it's like four bucks, you know, it's like, well, do I want the bulb of fennel or do I want to feed my whole family? Like, it, it makes it, it makes it, I think, difficult for a lot of people to, um, to eat healthfully. Um, right, yeah. That's- I also think that people are, are growing up with different assumptions of what food actually is. Um, so, I'm, I mean, this is kind of nerdy economic talk, but they don't understand the full costs. Um, and, and the full benefit of what they're actually eating. Um, and I think, I mean, when, when Addie was talking, I just remember there's some slogan for some prepared food, which is, um, it's already ready already. <laughs> and the mindset of, uh, of, of just having cooking be something you just don't have to do. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's an option for everybody to say, well, I, I just don't cook. It's just something I'm never going to do, as opposed to something that, that's a basic skill that people should know, or they should know what a, uh, what a tomato looks like. There was a, uh, on the Jimmy Oliver's thing, there was a commercial which, where he asked about a classroom of kids, and he shows them basic vegetables, and they don't know a single one, including really? potato. Oh, my gosh. Jimmy, is that the TED Talks that Jimmy <laughs> And they're like, that's not a French fry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, they, knew what a, they didn't know what a tomato was, but they knew what tomato ketchup was. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of people are intimidated to do cooking, and then maybe they're shy about cooking for their friends because it has to be this very fancy thing. And I, I think that we've kind of gotten away from just doing it you know like cooking is something that we should all do and try and not be intimidated yeah. you know 
And I think yeah. that um, Mark's blog's called No Recipes, and it's, it's a good way to think about it, because I think people are intimidated by recipes, and... It, they it follow ha- word for word, yeah. yeah. yeah well, there's the, the, the problem, so the problem with, with cookbooks, and this, I think this started um, back in the 50s when, you know, house mothers had to start going into the workplace, and you know, people just had less time. So you didn't have time to, to, you know, follow a really long recipe that explained everything in great detail. And we started to get to to thinner and thinner recipes. And it's to the point now where most recipes fit on a single page. You know, it's not only are, do they not have very many ingredients, but there's just not a lot of explanation behind the technique. <laughs> and so, you know, I think for a lot of people, they could make 300 recipes out of a cookbook and they're still not going to understand how to cook. They won't understand the fundamentals because the recipe just says, you know, put onions in pan for five minutes. And it doesn't say, like, you know, wait till they're fragrant or wait till they're caramelized or even why you would want to caramelize onions. So you can't take that bit of knowledge, like, and and apply it to another recipe. Like, you have no idea why you put the onions in the pan. Yeah, everyone, onions going to take longer or be different. uh, You know, it's like, it's a living thing. Exactly. Well, um, I want to get back to you guys on what your favorite things were about the week of eating in. Instead of all the gloom, once we take a quick break, I just wanted to pick this Beach Boys song because it's so summery. Kathy Irway, and today's show is brought to you by Whole Foods Market here at Roberta's, and um, we're listening to Heritage Radio Network, of course. Um, we're here with a bunch of folks. They're awesome. Uh, Ula Carvel from Goldilocks Finds Manhattan, James Boo from the Eaton Path. We've got Addie Broyles in Texas um, from Relish Austin and the Statesman, um, and <clears throat> sorry, Mark Matsumoto from No Recipes on the line. So I wanted to get back to these guys on... Um, you know, we just talked about the challenges of eating in for a week. And I have one more question. Do you, anybody feel like really ostracized? Like I'm all alone in the world doing this solitary mission of of kind of foolish proportions? Or did you feel like, like kind of, Ulu, you were saying it was like kind of empowering. Like it made you feel like I'm on a... Yeah, Um, because you get a lot of, like Mark mentioned, in New York, you know, most people meet at restaurants and it's kind of a nice way of seeing people. And I feel like a lot of people don't do dinner parties. So it was kind of neat that I had to say, well, if you want to see me, you have to cook me dinner. (laughs) I have to cook you dinner. So I kind of like that. Or I have to bring you a picnic. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think my favorite um, or one of, you know, I I love telling this story, but um, Anna LaPay. 
Um, she's an amazing writer. She's coming out with a book called Diet for a Small Planet, Hot Planet. Um, also took the challenge and she wrote about about her week on Huffington Post. And she mentioned she had a, a meeting with Josh Viertel, the president of Slow Food. And instead of, they were supposed to have like a lunch meeting, you know, business lunch somewhere at a restaurant. Instead of that, she made it an office picnic and she brought some like vegetarian chili. I shared it, I think. And yeah, that's how it went. Yeah, I think that's so cool. And I think you talked about a little bit about that, about amount, the amount of waste that goes into like corporate lunches and things like that. And it's just kind mm-hmm. of neat if you have to make food for others in a way because you're really cutting out all of that stuff and making a statement. Yeah, that waste is another thing too. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the other thing for for me, this is Mark. Um, it, it felt like there was a whole community around this. So doing an event like this is kind of cool because you know, like Kathy, when you did this for a year, like y- you were kind of out there on Two your years. own, and so I imagine it, it might have been lonely sometimes. But you know, for for us, it was like there was this group that w- was tweeting all the time and. Um, you know, and I, I even like I would tweet about like eating in, and people like would like write their sympathy yeah, the to hashtag. me. You know, <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm cool. sorry. <laughs> yeah, there was over fifteen hundred people who made the pledge from Huffington Post. It's amazing. amazing. And you know, you guys are are pretty pro when it comes to cooking. But I'm just uh, I'm fascinated. Did you guys learn anything new, perhaps, or did you feel what was your favorite aspect about it? I'll start. Well, I learned, um, I hooked up with one of my neighbors who who used to own some bakeries, and I was all, we started up this conversation, I was all excited about Michael Rollman's uh, ratio book when it came out, and then that ratio app that he had, and just this concept of baking with ratios, and, and this, my neighbor's name is Buzz, he went and pulled off this, um, uh, you know, yellowing binder from his shelf, and he showed me I mean, he has been using recipes. He's been relying on recipes for 30, or ratios for baked goods for 30 years. And that's how his bakery worked. And so we started flipping through, and, you know, it was these charts of if you're going to make, you know, for instance, a dozen or two dozen or 12 dozen croissants, here's the ratios of the things that you would use. And so I asked him to show me one day, and so that was one of my eat-in experiments was to basically learn how to make homemade croissants. And it was an all-afternoon ordeal, which is, you know, not at all anything that, you know, anybody could expect it's to not do bad it. for croissants i can imagine it taking really? longer <laughs> but you know that was so fun and i you know to just take the time and spend that time together like we love cooking together and, and i think that so many people that was one of my big issues about or you know you know people hosting dinner parties they are so intimidated to have people over and it's often just easier in their minds to order food in or to go out and but when you go out it's it takes away that intimacy and and, you know, sure, it's a big risk to cook food and serve it to people if you're not used to doing that. Um, but, you know, I just was, I was really happy for the opportunity to, to share meals. I mean, we, have, we, eat, we eat dinner with these neighbors at least once a week. And, but the pressure, you know, I think collectively, our generation, you know, you kind of put pressure on each other when you do host. And, you know, you got to make sure you have more than enough wine and more than enough courses. Or, or you don't. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's, where, and that's where I wish that our collective expectations were just, no, I don't want to say we lower our expectations, mm-hmm. but yeah. you know, at least be more realistic and and take the pressure less off. Less formal, less yeah, yeah. And for both the host and for the guests, and to make it a more laid back experience. Right. So. I mean, if if eating in fast food is the most popular way to eat out, um, or at all, actually, I think it's seventy five percent of what we eat. Um, then that's not formal at all. So why can't you, you know, there's nothing um, great about that atmosphere sitting in a, you know, in your car. So why the big fuss about doing something just as um, casual at home? 
I know, even if it's just, you know, spaghetti and, you know, red sauce, or if you're going to make soup, just make extra, and, you know, I don't know. We don't have to go all out. Yeah, I agree. So you had dinner parties too, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I had my, my, my cousin was visiting from California, and we usually go out to, like, a nice restaurant and have, like, a big thing, but I cooked for her and, and my sister's boyfriends and stuff. It was really fun. Nice. And you get to linger over your food so much longer, you know, when you, yeah, you cook at home. You don't have to, like, be shuffled out because you're taking over the table. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So that was really great. Nice. Did you have any revelations, James? Or? Um, revelations, I, not necessarily. But, I mean, one of my favorite things was having people over. Um, and I guess we all have friends who are not so, I mean, they're all amenable and friendly to the idea of, of cooking sure. and, and hanging out. Um, but yeah, we had, um, I had a few friends over, not a party at all. We just, um, hung out on Friday night and made a series. There was no presentation. There's no, it was barely nothing, barely, uh, resembling a restaurant meal. Um, but we made a series of things that were really good. We just made a salad, um, homemade dressing, um, made schnitzel for the first time. Um, so that's kind of like, um, uh, slices of pork hammered out and then fried and bread, uh, schnitzel. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah, nice. <laughs> Fried in, in breadcrumbs. Um, That's an easy one. It was literally people in the kitchen saying, I'm going to make this. And then everyone else is, was, you know, in the next room. And just, okay, it's done. And we didn't, it wasn't, you know, there was no restaurant aspect to it. But it was fun and everyone enjoyed it. Everybody collaborated. Yeah, everything. That's a good way to do it. Instead of every one person or the host cooks, yeah. everybody does it. Yeah, that's actually really funny that you mentioned that. Um, and you guys are all invited to this event um, that I'm planning uh, in April called Cooklin Improv. And we did this last year. It's, it's a lot of fun. Basically, you get a bunch of people, different skill levels in the kitchen, but that just enjoy food. Um, each person is responsible for bringing uh, a, a type of ingredient. So they have a budget of like, you know, $100 for meat, $50 for vegetables, like whatever. Um, and, you know, somebody gets the pantry staples. And no one knows who, what anyone else is bringing. Um, and you show up, put the bags on the table, present your ingredients, and then Come you have to get together <laughs> with the group um, and figure out a five to seven course meal based on the ingredients Ooh. that everybody brought. Um, and so I uh, did it last year. It was amazing. I mean, like the, the kind of meal, like none of us had really had restaurant experience before, but the kind of dishes that came out of the kitchen were like unbelievable. Wow. How many people um, were there? Uh, I think we did it with like about 12 people and there, That's we actually had a camera fine. crew in there and there were some other observers. That, so it was like a total, maybe like we were feeding like 15 people, but, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I mean, that's the, I mean that's that's a, you know an event that's kind of like something that we do on a relatively regular basis. But uh-huh. um, but it's 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 a dinner party idea too. You know, like have some friends that you that you know you great. know enjoy to cook. Have them all bring something, and then you just figure something out. Um, it's kind of like a sport too. It sounds like or a game show. <laughs> exactly, and yeah. and then it there's no but there's no competitive element. Like you're not trying to beat somebody. Like no, uh, you know no. the people that have more knowledge help the people who have less knowledge, and everybody pitches in their ideas of what they think would be great. Um, and then uh, and then you know on the execution side, like the people that know a little bit more help the other folks out, and uh, and it was a lot of fun. Collaborative collaborative cooking. So what'd you guys exactly? So, so when's it? How do we get? Should we just plan our own, or can we go to one big um, one? Yeah, or? you can. You can go to it. Um, it's, so the the space that we do it in is called Lab Twenty Four Seven, and the the URL is Lab Two Four Seven dot. Uh, <laughs> it's not dot com. I think it's either dot net or dot org. 
Um, and and it's a, it's a friend of mine out in Bed-Stuy who's got a, a performance space where he has oh, concerts cool. and food events. So um, we're, we're also doing another one called uh, Forge and Feast, um, where we go out and forge for fiddleheads and ramps and whatnot and uh, come back to his place and, and cook what we picked. It's a great time for forging, isn't it? I yeah. I can't wait yeah. to get out there. So you guys should definitely check it. You can actually check out the coverage from the ones we did last year um, on my website, norecipes.com. Uh, just do a search for either Forge and Feast or Cooklin, as in Brooklyn, but with the cook in, in the front. Um, and Yeah, Cooklin. Why didn't anyone come up with that before? That's smart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's lots of pictures from the, from the events. Very cool. Thanks so much for sharing that. Can't sure. wait. So it looks like we're just about out of time, but um, I just can't thank you guys enough for um, sacrificing maybe some extra time, sanity out of your busy lives. And I hope that you enjoyed um, cooking for a week. Um, not that, yeah, you know, not that you couldn't have done it otherwise. Um, but maybe, you know, maybe. Do you guys think that this is something you might just offhandedly, you know, do more of cook straight for a couple days or two? definitely yeah yeah my boyfriend was really into it he wants to do it once a month i don't know if i'm up for it but he was definitely <laughs> into he wants to cook once a month or he, he wants, wants to eat, I he eat. Wants eat. Yeah. Well, yeah he's cook. very helpful he does the dishes and stuff but he really liked it because you know you do feel better when you eat that's that a must prepare, so. yeah. yeah somebody else does does the dishes <laughs> can we can we have a not not washing dishes for a week next <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, thanks so much, guys. Again, we have Ula Carval from Goldilocks Finds Manhattan. Check out her blog, and uh, uh, she also do sheep do- sheepdog print and design. Yeah, my sister and I LLC. do that together. Yep. Great stuff. They design my website, theartofeating.com. It's wonderful. <laughs> um, we have James Boo from the Eaton Path. And if, and- uh, if anyone's going to be in South by Southwest, I will also be at the Ice Cream Man ice cream truck all week. Ice um, Cream Man. Yes. I totally forgot that was you, but that's actually how we first met. Cool. Um, and you guys have those pamphlets again? The um Yeah, we have a new issue of Amara Magazine off the wiki.com. Um, I'm the editor. Um, and it should be actually available for download later this week. Awesome. Off yeah, the wiki.com is- with, with one E because it's totally legal that way. Off the wiki? Yes. Dot com. Okay. Yeah, this is a real classic of the South by Southwest literature. <laughs> um, and then Mark Matsumoto, thanks so much for joining us. And Thank you, Kathy. And norecipes.com and just style, you know, food consultant extraordinaire. <laughs> um, thanks so much. You're not going to be in South by Southwest, are you? No, I'm actually going to be in Barcelona that week. My schedule the rest of this month well, is kind of crazy. Well, that pretty awesome, too. Yeah, I, I always happen to miss um, South by Southwest for one reason or another. Uh, so hopefully next year. All right. Well, have a good siesta. Thank <laughs> hopefully you. Hopefully see you soon. All and right. Addie, I will see you next week. Looking forward to it. Yeah, Everybody else wait. will be there. So we'll see you guys uh, next week on the show. I'm Kathy, your, her- ah, your host, Kathy Irway. Thanks to Jack Inslee, engineer, and Nat Wiener. And thanks to Whole Foods. We'll see you next week on Heritage Radio. Oh, yeah.